0: It's just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute, without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.
2: Welcome to Woke AF with me, Danielle Moody. While I wanted to start the year with a fresh perspective, things don't always go as planned. The incitement of literal riots at the U.S. Capitol has shaken this country to its core, and this week I've been doing my best to balance wellness and wokeness, both in my life and on my podcast. I want to share some nuggets from my conversations this week with my friends, Ellie Mistel, Justice Correspondent for The Nation, and Anita Kopach, author and spiritual psychologist, which you can hear right now in full at patreon.com slash wokeaf. Later on, you'll hear Anita talk about how wellness and wokeness actually go hand in hand and how you need one to feed the other. But first, my dear friend Ellie joined me on Thursday's show to discuss how we as a nation cannot and will not get well until we get woke and take action against these seditious dissidents who incited a white supremacist riot in our nation's capital. Take a listen.
1: So I want to start at the very, very top where you say, Mm look at all these calls for unity, right? Mm -hmm. That you knew were coming, that I knew were coming, that basically every mildly conscious Black person knew would be happening. This is what they always do, right? The white people at the Constitutional Convention wanted unity and comedy with the slavers and colonists who were raping and and holding our brothers and sisters in bondage, right?
0: Mm -hmm. That's the first Mm -hmm. unity
1: call. After the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, great emancipator, out here with, Charity for all and malice? No, fuck that. I want some malice for these insurrectionists who just started a five-year civil war. But no, no, no. We have to have unity with our southern brothers and sisters. Right? It happens all the time that every time white people get crazy and violent, the white people who weren't crazy and violent want to embrace and hug and understand and uh, commission studies about the grievances of their brothers. Right? They never want to hold them accountable, which is why they are always permissive of white supremacy, white anger, and white violence. Mm-hmm. What could we do? Cori Bush? Absolutely. Legally, it's relatively easy to expel a member of Congress. You make a rule, and then you vote on it. And if more people vote on it than not, that member is expelled. It's actually not that hard if you have an underlying crime, right? Like, it's, it would be hard to just say, like, I don't want Ted Cruz to be in Congress because he's an asshole like that's that's not enough but a seditious asshole well well now you tell me more <laughs> tell me more <laughs> say less <laughs> Right. May, maybe we can do something about that so yeah expelling members of Congress is not often use, but it's not particularly hard to do if you have enough Congress people willing to do it. The Congress sets their own rules. Congress is like a club. They set their own rules of entry at some kind of basic level. But I think more than that, and really even more than going after Ted Cruz and and Josh Halvey, who absolutely should be expelled, the, the very first level of accountability has to start with the people who a rioted and you know uh, uh, attacked the Capitol, right, and all that. Many of whom have not yet been found or arrested. It has to start there, and it has to start with the people who directly incited the riot on the day of the riot. Mm-hmm, I am here mm-hmm, for the discussion mm-hmm. theoretically of how Ted Cruz's adoption of the election fraud lie. Like I'm, I'm here for that discussion, but first. We have to get Don Jr., who sat there for five minutes telling these crazy people, go fight for Trump, go fight for Trump. First, we have to get Mo Brooks, who sat there for 15 minutes and told his people, this is the day we start taking names and kicking ass. First, we have to get Rudy Giuliani, who ordered them to have a trial by combat. And first, we have to get Donald Trump, the president, who spent two hours whipping these people up into a frenzy and telling them to march on the Capitol and find his vice president and, quote, make him do the right thing. All right. These people got to go now. All right. Way before we get to Hawley and Cruz and, you know, uh, Matt Gates, all of whom are Dicks who should have some kind of accountability brought to them. But before we get to that, we have to legally hold accountable and punish the people who directly incited the violence. They would do it to black people. I wrote in The Nation. um, I I took people back to 2017 um, during a protest for Alton Sterling. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Louisiana man who was just shot to death by the cops um, when he was in a prone position. Black Lives Matter organizers like DeRay McKesson um, and Brittany at Cunningham were arrested after one of these um, protests because one guy, one guy who was not them, who did not know them, threw a brick at a cop. Yep. All right? He hurt his foot or something, threw a brick at a cop, and they arrested the organizers for inciting the violence, even though. DeRay and Brittany are not out here saying, let's throw bricks at cops. Fight the cops, throw bricks at them. They're not saying that, but they got arrested anyway. They were eventually released. The injured cop actually sued DeRay for his injuries, and DeRay had to fight him all the way to the Supreme Court, right? So that's what they do to Black people. If we do that to Black organizers of protests, the very least we can do is arrest Don Jr., Mo Brooks, Rudy Giuliani, Trump once he's out of office and no longer protected by the office of the presidency and arrest these people for inciting a riot. That is the first level of accountability. And if we don't have that, at least we don't really have anything.
2: Let me ask you this though, Ellie, because it turned out, right, that the Department of Justice, which is still currently under the Trump regime, has decided that they are not going to prosecute anyone for incitement, right, meaning any of the folks that were at this bullshit Save America rally. However, D.C. Attorney General, right, and office is actually looking into this We know that we have but a handful of days left until Merrick Garland is the new Attorney General of the United States. Talk to us about the kind of pressure that is going to be necessary to get done exactly what it is that you just said. These people didn't find themselves on the steps of the Capitol inside the Capitol building on their own. They were fucking led there. They were led there by Donald Trump. They were led there by Rudy Giuliani. They were led there by Don Trump Jr. They were led there by Matt Gates. They were led there by these people, right? You can't lay out Right. All of this Tinder, all of this gasoline, give everybody a match and then walk away and you have no responsibility for the fucking fire that was set. So what pressure needs to happen in order to get these things done so that these people a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now know that, oh, actually, my words do matter, that we're not just supposed to shrug it off.
1: Well, here's my worry with the Biden administration, right? From my, from where I sit, Barack Obama's biggest mistake was in the transition after he was elected, before he was inaugurated, when he went on this week with George Stephanopoulos, I believe, and said that he wasn't going to be focused on prosecuting Dick Cheney and people in the Bush administration for war crimes and torture because it was important to move forward, not look back. That was Barack Obama in 2008, 2009. And I believe that was wrong. I believe Mm -hmm. that was permissive of attacks on our very character and permissive of criminals. And I believe that other Republicans understood that, took note of that and realized that they can do whatever they want while clothed in power because the Democrats will never have the stones basically Yep. To go back and find them when the wheel turns around and the Democrats were in power. Note that this is not how the Republicans play, right? Nope. Had Hillary Clinton won, it would have been four straight years of Benghazi hearings. By the way, more people died in the Capitol attack than at Benghazi. If Barack Obama had prosecuted his presidency like Donald Trump has, Barack Obama would be in jail right now. Republicans never just move forward and move on and don't worry about the past. They always go back and settle their scores, like a mob or something, right? Joe Biden needs to prosecute these people. Yes, we cannot move forward until there is accountability. We cannot heal until the bleeding wound is staunched. I don't think that he understands that. His pick of Merrick Garland suggests that he doesn't understand that. It's just incredibly rare to get white people, especially even white liberals, to take action against white racists. It's just not something they're kind of, it's just not something they ever seem to want to do.
2: We cannot move forward unless there is accountability. Folks, I've been saying that for weeks now. But do you know what we also need to move forward? Rest. I said this on Friday's show, which you can hear right now on patreon.com slash that rest is part of the revolution. We cannot tire ourselves out before we even get to the starting line. I was so happy to be joined on this Friday's show by my friend Anita Kopach, who talked about her work as a spiritual psychologist. Hear her thoughts on how using techniques of mindfulness and spirituality can bring wokeness into our everyday lives. How do you work with people who feel in this moment stuck, right? They do feel stuck and they don't feel rooted. They feel weighed down. How do we help those into the space of being in flow, even if that flow feels like a tempest at times?
3: Yeah, yeah. that's very true. So most of the people that I work with, I know we haven't brought it up, but most of the people that I've worked with have, have experienced sexual trauma and Mm -hmm. the way that I work with that, because a lot of times they will feel stuck or they won't know what it is. And so I don't push them to say so much, but I create a space for them to figure that out. Right. Because when we find out what it is, that's holding us back rather than someone telling us what it is, it's a much more profound effect on their healing and how they move forward. Because once we realize we are our own healers, Mm -hmm. that we don't say like, oh, I need her in order for me to move to this next level. And so what I do is if they're feeling stuck, I ask those small questions, like, how are you feeling? You know, what is giving you anxiety? What are you sad about? What are you excited about? And it's, it's such simple things. But as they begin to talk and say it, they come to these realizations within this space, right? And it's interesting because most of the people within my communities right now are feeling very motivated, which is interesting because I, I don't feel it all the time, right? There's definitely moments where I'm like, let me just sit in this bed right now. Oh, my gosh. So I've been getting much of my inspiration from seeing the people around me. Like it's so important to connect with your community during this time, especially if you're feeling stuck. Have an accountability, a partner. Have someone who can check in with you or you can check in with each week at least, because there are some people who are out there feeling very alone during these times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so creating these spaces, Where you're in community, right? Because as we see the mirrors around us, we're able to see who we are even more clearly. Because, you know, underneath it all, we all are all one. But there's so many different levels of healing in order for us to even get to that. You can't ask someone to bypass, you know, their pain of what they're feeling from their experience of being Black in America. Right. Oh, no, but we're, yeah. all- no, I'm not going to get there until I heal all of these things, these ancestral things. Like, for instance, I had this experience where um, this person contacted me and asked me to create these things, you know, for this big event. And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I created them. And then she told me after, or my team created them, right? So it was my time, my resources. She told me after that they weren't able to be vetted in time and something like that. And so I sat there for a moment and I was feeling so triggered, like so triggered. And I was like, why are you so triggered about this Anita? Like, what is that? I mean, tears, like anger. And I was like, I know it's not just about this, right? And I realized it was about, because to me, it felt like I did work for a white person and they didn't pay me. And I not only did work, I did work and I used my resources to have someone design things, you know, like it was a whole whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if before 2020, I would have allowed myself to feel those triggers. Right, like I probably would have been annoyed and then just moved on and did something else. But I, it was almost as if I couldn't help it. And so when I went into my own self counseling about it, it did, it went into those wounds of slavery. And so basically once I had cleared that and went into that, I was able to respond without the emotional triggers, but also allow this person to know what she did because it's especially within the millennials there are so many people who are trying to be woke and trying yep. to do this work and you know one of the things she wanted to vet was make sure that I had people of color within my organization and another organization that I raise money for and so I just told her I said you know I am a woman of color and what is happening right now is that there is a disrespect that's happening because you asked me to do this work without letting me know that there was a possibility that it was not going to be used. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, you have to realize that at every level, not just, oh, let me see if they have uh, Black people working, <laughs> you know, if they have enough Black people where I'm like, I am a Black person. Right. And this is it. This one-on-one, like every moment is a chance for us to wake up.
2: Every moment is a chance for us to wake up. I will leave you with those wise words from Anita Kopach. Thank you so much for checking out Woke AF. If you want to hear more of my full 30-minute interviews with Ellie and Anita, they are live right now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Woke Head over and subscribe for just $5 a month and get access to hundreds of past shows as well as five new one-hour shows every single week. I'm looking forward to expanding our vision of what it means to be woke in 2021, and your support helps spread that message far and wide. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.